All right, Friday night, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B. It's going to be a busy night. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado's going to do some news. Rick Amorati's got sports. We're going to be um, going live to Mesa, Arizona tonight. I believe it's Mesa, Arizona. What's going on there, Dave? Where Matt Gates and um, Marjorie Taylor Greene are speaking. And we'll be, uh, we're there. Drew Hernandez is there for Real America's Voice. And oh, there you go. So there's a live shot. America first. Uh, Gates and Green. They'll be speaking there. I think the doors open pretty soon. Crowd will start to come in. And uh, they'll get the, uh, well, Marjorie Taylor. Marjorie, is it Marjorie or Marjorie? I keep, Marjorie. Marjorie. Keep mispronouncing it. Uh, they'll get the crowd fired up there as they did a couple weeks ago down there in Florida. So they'll be speaking. We'll be covering it live. As soon as they're ready to go, we'll hand it off to Drew Hernandez, who's out there with Parker, who, of course, some of you know from answering the phones here on Live from Studio 6B on, on um, well, I almost said customer appreciation night. I, I don't think that's what we called it, no. Uh, but, uh, well, viewer appreciation night. We'll take your calls and Harry Oates and Parker and the gang. We haven't done that in a while. We'll have to do that again. But uh, so we'll we'll go live there as soon as they're ready. Uh, Rick Delgado's here. How are you? I am doing well. How about yourself? Very good. Rick Amorati's going to have sports tonight. What's the update in the uh, the big PGA Championship, which I've watched not one swing of yet? Yeah, Phil Mickelson, uh, two days shot 139, five day on five uh, five under, and he's tied with South Africa's Lewis Uthausen. So uh, he's looking good, Big D. Um. He shot 139 today? No, 139. How can he be in two day? Two day. Two day. Two day total. Yes, sir. I'll say 139. How can he be five under? Sounds like 72. That was 87 holes he did today. Kiwa Island, baby. Kiowa Island is something else. So, man, lefties right in there, huh? Good for Phil. But you know how it goes by Sunday night? You know what happens. Well, it's going to be hard for Phil to hang on with people like uh, Ustazen and um, Brooks Kepka is right behind him. Yeah, Kepka's not too far away. So, and Rory's tied for thirty third right now. Uh, That's good to hear. (laughs) That's good to hear. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm sure he's going to make the cut, though, right? Yeah, he's going to make the cut. That's too bad. Uh, Well, fine. Um, Well, lots to do. Uh, Ben Shapiro wrote wrote a good piece. Small little opinion piece on what's going on, obviously, in Israel. Ben Shapiro is, I th- believe, uh, one of the the number one anti-Semitic uh, attacks. Ben Shapiro is right up there with the... He's attacked mo- more almost than anybody. Um, and I just got to thinking today. We, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, about the squad and the anti... Uh, anti-Semitic rhetoric that's coming from the Democratic Party, the anti-Semitism, we're seeing the rise of it all around this country. Has Joe Biden said, or Kamala Harris, or um, Bernie Sanders, who's a Jew, uh, Chuck Schumer, who I believe, I mean, there's many prominent Jewish uh, leaders in the Democratic Party. Have any of them spoken out about any of this? What's going on? Nope. Not a word. Not one thing. And and actually, Schumer uh, is taking some heat because he hasn't said anything, which is, you know, appropriate. He is a, a, a he is the the uh, Senate majority leader and uh, of Jewish descent. You would think that, well, maybe, especially with some of the attacks going on in New York City against the Jewish population there, maybe he might chime in. I mean, not a word from any of them. 
And Shapiro's piece is entitled, um, If You Side With Hamas, Your Anti-Semitism Is Showing. And he says, um, it's, this is short. He says, for the past two weeks, but this is coming from someone who obviously understands this better than, well, maybe other than Levin, understands this pretty, pretty well. Uh, for the past two weeks, rockets have been fired into civilian areas of Israel by the terrorist group Hamas. Hamas charter openly calls for the destruction of the state of Israel, which would entail an anti-Semitic genocide. Its 1988 charter explicitly and openly calls for such a genocide. Hamas spends tens of millions of dollars in foreign aid, not on helping the citizens of the Gaza Strip, but on building terror tunnels and rocket capacity to strike at the Jewish people. Hamas fires its rockets from civilian areas, seeking to force Israel to kill Palestinian civilians so Hamas can then propagandize about supposed Israeli human rights atrocities. Hamas locates its military facilities inside hospitals, journalist headquarters, schools, and mosques. And it was that report I told you about last week about AP being held up in this building that was one of them. People were like, well, how could they be there and not know? Well, no, the point is that they probably did know. That's the problem. Hamas aims its rockets indiscriminately at civilians in Israel's, killing Jews, Arabs, and foreign workers. Israel, meanwhile, routinely calls building supervisors in Gaza to warn them to evacuate buildings before bombing them. One such conversation broadcast by Sky News went like this. The Israeli military said, quote, listen, we're going to be bombing the building, Palestinian building supervisor. You want to bomb Bomb whatever you want. No, brother, we need to do everything we can so you don't die. He said, we want to die. But you have a responsibility for children's lives. If the children need to die, then they'll die. God forbid, God forbid, what do you want to die? This is how we reveal your cruelty, he said to the Israeli ambassador. The media coverage of the conflict has been predictably morally absurd, Mr. Shapiro says. The AP Associated Press, an outfit that is regularly covered for Hamas's atrocities, has condemned Israel for hitting a Hamas building in which the AP had offices. Trevor Noah suggested that Israel's military superiority means that Israel must absorb hundreds of rockets per day and allow its civilian population to live under the shadow of radical Islamic terrorism. Quote, if you are in a fight where the other person cannot beat you, how hard should you retaliate when they try to hurt you, he asked. Which is mind-numbingly stupid. HBO's John Oliver accused Israel of, quote, killing civilians and children. Members of the Democratic Party's radical anti-Semitic fashion have been no less morally inverted. Uh, Representative Talib has encouraged President Joe Biden to cut off Israel's defense supplies. Representative Omar has accused Israel of quote-unquote terrorism. Representative AOC has called Israel an apartheid state, despite the fact that Arabs are full citizens of Israel, while not a single Jew lives under the, um, the predations of Hamas. And this week, nearly 200 Democrats voted not to cut off funding to groups linked 
with Hamas, which I also told you about yesterday. And I also told you about the numbers that the IDF says, unfortunately, of civilian casualties, given that they've dropped about a hundred, about a thousand bombs on a different targets. There's about 60 or 40 to 60 civilians, unfortunately, that have lost their lives. A thousand bombs. Now, if they did what Hamas did and just said, we're just going to, how many dead do you think there would be? There would be no care for civilian life if they acted like they did, obviously, which they're not going to ever do. The conflict between Hamas and Israel is not a dispute over borders. Israel withdrew from the Gaza Strip a decade and a half ago. It is not a dispute over religion. Israel allows Muslims full freedom of worship throughout Israel, particularly on the Temple Mount, uh, Judaism's holiest site, where Jewish worship remains essentially forbidden in favor of kowtowing to Ismailist um, dictates. It is not a dispute over homes. Uh, a, suburb, a suburb of Jerusalem that has been the subject of a decades-long property dispute between private parties and in which Arabs who aren't subject to such disputes continue to live. The conflict between Hamas and Israel is a stubborn fact. Israel exists, and Hamas wishes it didn't exist. Hamas will target civilians in Israel, use Palestinian children to shield its rockets, and lie to the press to achieve its goals. Israel, meanwhile, is seeking to minimize civilian casualties at great risk to its own citizens. Opposing Israel's actions doesn't make you an anti-Semite, but siding with Hamas in a conflict like this certainly does. That's from Ben Shapiro today in the Daily Wire. And uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about the anti-Semitic um, rhetoric that continues to come from this Democratic Party and the rise of anti-Semitism all over. You're seeing, whether it's in the streets of New York or all around the world in London, and you're, you're seeing... I heard Levin talking about this in the opening of his show. He says there's, now these, there's no go zones in a lot of these places around the world where if you're a Jew or maybe even a Christian in some of these places, it's a no-go zone, or you're dead, meaning you don't go there. And um, Yeah, that kind of stuff has been around for a while. It's spread throughout Europe. Uh, there are no-go zones in Paris, believe it or not. Correct. It's actually, the example he used and, was in Paris. And, and you think about that, and you, it, it, even the police won't go there. That's how bad it's gotten. They've let this this cancer spread where now it's infecting everywhere. And I'm sure there are probably parts where Elon Omar likes to hang out where she'll be protected, you know, because it's a it's a quote unquote no go zone right there in uh, Minnesota, believe it or not. So if you think this can't come here, guess what? It's already here. They've been importing it for years. And not a word from the president of the United States, from the vice president of the United States, from the leader in the Senate, from other prominent Jews, Bernie Sanders, and I could think of others in the Democratic Party, and all of them voted yesterday against this Brian Mast, or two days ago, against Congressman Mast's sanctions and bill that he brought to the floor. 
Every oh. single one of them voted against it. Oh, but they were giddy for their uh, Stop Asian Hate uh, celebration, which, you know, of course, sign it. Great. Good stuff. I would think that all hate would be kind of, you know, you didn't need to delineate. No Asian hate. No, no this hate. No that hate. Just no hate. How about that? Uh, but nothing. And it's happening. And, and you're seeing footage. I don't know if you saw any in New York City where it's happening in broad daylight. So where's the mayor? Where's that doofus? Where's Governor Cuomo? Where's he? Where's Schumer? Hasn't said a word. Neither is Kristen Gillibrand, another senator from New York. How about Jerry Nadler? Have you waddled out and checked out to see what's going on, Jerry? No, nothing, because you're a coward. You're a loser and you're a coward. That's what these people do. These are their foot soldiers. They, they activate them. They want them to do the violence. They have, they have the power. And the, the, what they don't understand is they'll come for you next. Yeah, well said. All of them. Cowards. Not a word from any of them. Not a word from any of them. And, it, and it's, it's actually, I mean, you don't want to say by not saying anything they approve of it, but I mean, where are they? Where are they? What conclusion are we supposed to draw if you're not saying anything about what's going on? All right, lots to do. We'll go live to Mesa, Arizona as soon as they're ready. Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Real America's Voice on a Friday night. from Studio 6B, 17 past the hour on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. We've got a live shot camera locked on Mesa, Arizona, getting ready for Marjorie Taylor Greene. There it is, America First. And Representative Matt Gates. they'll be speaking tonight. Uh, Real America's Voice will be covering it. Drew Hernandez will be joining us at some point as soon as they're ready to go to Mesa, Arizona. We'll be speaking to him quickly. Uh, about the event and the crowd and what's going on out there. So that'll be coming up. So stay tuned. If we have time, we'll do a what even is that tonight. Uh, we'll do some sports. But right now, let's do a little news with uh, Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All right. Well, everybody's uh, favorite 46th president, uh, resident Biden on Thursday. That was yesterday. He signed an executive order directing several federal departments and agencies to analyze the risks of climate change and how they pose and what they pose to the U.S. financial system and federal government, the White House announced. The order from Biden mandates a range of studies meant to expose the way climate change and severe weather and the measures that they take to fight it and how it could threaten the financial stability of both the U.S. and the federal government. Yeah. Uh, they the only said, thing that's going to threaten it is him uh, thinking that it's going they got to spend gazillion dollars into it. That's what's going to ruin the American economy. Not not climate change is their their chase of a green utopia is what's going to ruin it. That's what's going to do it. Yeah, pretty much. The White House says we know that the climate crisis, whether through rising seas, which we're still waiting for, or extreme weather, 
already presents increasing risk to infrastructure investments and businesses, yet these risks are often hidden, the White House said. With so much at stake, this executive order ensures that the right rules are in place to properly analyze and mitigate these risks. That includes disclosing these risks to the public and empowering the American people to make informed financial decisions. Yes, Al Gore did that, I think, in like 1999, told us we'd be underwater in 12 years. That was uh, even probably longer ago. I don't know when the year it was. I think it was around 99. Yeah. yeah. He told us we'd be underwater in 12 years. And, of course, Obama was the president in 2008. And a big push then again. And, of course, he's bought a house on, oh, I don't know, an island. Yeah. Beachfront property. So is Al. Yeah. I mean, I'm not smart enough like all these other guys to talk about to talk about all the ins and outs of this. But so I, to make it simple for myself... I subscribe to the George Carlin take on climate change. That's, that's where I come down. That's was about as well said as you can say it, is when George tackled it. And um, that's where I fall with it. That's about the level that I have an interest in this. Can you share a little bit with it? Do you recall well, I just, uh, <laughs> Have you not seen it? <laughs> I've seen it. I just, uh, I just uh, I'm trying to it's gather. Refresh. Yeah. Well, he just basically says the planet's been here for a zillion years and the idea it's been through a lot worse than you know gets a little hot gets cold and it's been through this that the other thing and the and the audacity of man to think that they can control the climate and a little plastic is gonna just so i subscribe to the george carlin if you haven't seen it go google george carlin climate change and watch it it's about 12 minutes that will not only make you laugh but make you think yeah uh, let's see. He also said gouging, uh, gauging and managing, well, gouging as well, uh, and managing the financial risks and economic impacts of climate change has been a pillar of the Biden administration's sure. environmental policy. Yeah. Check this out. Under Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, the department, the department has begun a whole of economy strategy meant to clear a financially stable and economically productive path to carbon neutrality. Yeah. Well, we, remember, we discussed the Bernie Sanders the Biden Sanders, um, uh, what was it called there? Manifesto that they came out with, and and when they deal in energy and green and climate, and he wants to be, you know, by twenty thirty, twenty thirty five, he wants to. I mean, just to, yeah, retrofit every building not, in the in the it's country. Just not happen- it's right. just not happening. Yeah, it's not happening. Carbon dioxide, by the way, is not a pollutant. Just so you all know, because if it was, you'd all be dead. Because <laughs> you've been double masking, thanks to Dr. Fauci. So we all took third grade science, and we understand that what you breathe in and breathe out, carbon dioxide, that would be what plants need to, yeah. so there, it's not a pollutant, it never will be, and if it was, we'd all be dead, especially right. in this last year. So Exactly. Plants supply us with oxygen, we supply them with carbon dioxide. Uh, moving on to Iowa. Speaking of mass, Iowa bans mass mandates in public schools, cities, and counties. Thanks to Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds, she signed a bill to ban the mass mandates in the state's public schools as well as the cities and counties joining the great state of Texas. And to quote, the, the state of Iowa is putting parents back in control of their child's education and taking greater steps to protect the rights of all Iowans to make their own health care decisions, Reynolds said in a release. I'm proud to be the governor of a state that values personal responsibility and individual liberties. I want to thank the uh, Iowa legislature for their quick work in bringing this bill to my desk so it can be signed 
into law. Reynolds signed the bill into law after midnight after it passed the Republican-led Iowa legislature. The law bans masks in K-12 through schools, prevents local governments from mandating masks, and uh, keeps them out of businesses as well. Uh, if you remember the 10-year-old I played for you last week, the video, he said breathing freely doesn't seem like something we should have uh, to ask other people's permission for. That was that 10-year-old in the viral video from Martin County, Florida. And then so this is a piece today written by Daniel Horowitz actually on this Iowa bill saying that Iowa has now taken up the call of the 10-year-old and has now banned all school districts and local officials from ever uh, instituting a mask mandate again. That, and that's that's the key here is the actual legislation. And he says this should be a model in every red state. We call for red states to pass, quote, unquote, never again legislation, ensuring that public health tyranny will never be attempted ever again by governors and mayors. The Iowa legislature has offered a model for now doing so, at least for the masking issue. Part of a broader education tax credit package, the legislature passed HF 847, contains a provision barring all authorities, quote, in charge of each accredited non-public school from imposing a mask mandate on students and faculty. In addition, all cities and counties are precluded from forcing businesses to adopt a masking uh, policy. He says it's shocking that not every red state has yet come to the realization that masking is immoral especially for school children, and resolve to end the practice. Arkansas is the only other state to pass a statute forbidding future state and local mass mandates. Several governors have used executive orders to temporarily stop localities and school districts from requiring masks. North Dakota passed a bill uh, over the governor's veto, by the way, blocking any statewide mass mandate in the future, but left local governments and school boards out of the ban. No other state appears to have taken precautions for the future. Those precautions are absolutely necessary because the mass cult is not over. Just yesterday, the CDC tweeted out a study warning about asymptomatic flu cases. Oh, no. Just a few days ago, Fauci suggested that mask wearing could become the norm for flu season, despite Fauci now admitting that asymptomatic transmission is very, very low. They continue to use it as an excuse to mask everyone. The CDC's latest trial balloon tweet should serve as a warning to all of us. The notion of masking being effective against a virus is so absurd that cases plummeted over 90% after Iowa terminated masking back in early February. Did you know that? I do know. Yes, 90% they plummeted. Even as cases rose in neighboring mask states in the Midwest, like Minnesota. Zero evidence that masks have ever worked. And with Fauci now admitting that in a post-vaccination world, masking is all theater, to force someone to wear one is a violation of the First Amendment in addition to the 14th Amendment because it is compelling political speech. And then he cites a uh, Supreme Court case here. And he said, there's no greater example of compelling adherence to a cause than forcing someone to reduce their oxygen intake through the symbol of that cause. The fact that they place it over your mouth and shout virus certainly makes it no better than forcing someone to wear a burqa, a yarmulke, or a cross. If anything, the fact that it also covers one's breathing like, uh, likely constitutes an illegal seizure in violation of the Fourth Amendment. So 
There's lots to look at here in this Iowa bill as a model for the rest. I like it. from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on a Friday night. We're going to go live to Mesa, Arizona here as soon as they're ready. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Representative Matt Gates will be speaking at America First Rally out in Mesa, Arizona. I saw the former president speaking of rallies on um, social media clip. He was being interviewed by somebody. I couldn't see who it was because they only showed the back of her head. She had long hair. <laughs> but uh, she, whoever it was asked him, are you going to start rallies again? And he said, yes, he's got like four planned, Florida, Ohio, Georgia, North Carolina. So he's going to be out there, um, you know, sooner, sooner than later. I, I don't, I didn't Starting hear June, exactly. Right? Did he say June? I think June. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he also said he's going to redo his plane. Get that seven, seven forty, whatever. What is it? 757? 757. Get it all fired up there with Trump on the side. Hey, speaking of, uh, as I talk like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> an idiot. Did you see Blake Shelton's had a new album out, Rick? Yeah. Levi Johnson told me that. He said, tell Big D. Oh, man. Body language. Come on. I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet, but. He's good. I love, good. I love Blake. Now, is there going to be a million seller or are there going to be oh, a million in your <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> a million seller used to be a great segment on this show, but we can't do it because of the copyright <laughs> deal. But I don't know. We're going to work something out here. I don't know what. I had an ASCAP license for live from Studio 6B. But um, I don't know. We don't have it anymore. But we need to get it back so we can do Million Seller because then we could be playing some Blake Shelton. <laughs> and, and, of course, Geo misses. We could be playing some Delbert. Delbert! <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old days, huh, G? <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's do some crazy town. It's a Friday night. Look, it could be crazy on a Friday night here. Uh, Joe Biden is uh, smooth. No, no, he's not. What are you talking about, G? Joe Biden is smooth and charming. Well, he's neither one of those, but let's see. Maybe he was today. Roll it. <laughs> All right. The strength of the alliance between the United States and the Republic of Korea was born out of the courage, determination, sacrifice, and of the Korean troops fighting shoulder to shoulder with American troops. Your first response to us hosting this event was to ask, why all the fuss? <laughs> why all the fuss? Can't they just mail it to me? I was going to make a joke about the post office, but I decided not to do that. I also spoke to uh, Jeannie. Excuse me for using your first name, but uh, that was my mom's name, too. And you and my mom are the same eyes, although you're much you're too young to be my mom. And uh, we both married way up. <laughs> By the way, you all can sit down, I think. It just dawned on me. Well, I told you earlier that expression by the poet. They also stand only, they also serve only stand and wait. The intelligence briefing indicated that there were 25,000 Chinese troops in the area, outnumbering U.S. and Korean forces two to three. Or excuse me, three to two. <laughs> Colonel Puckett had developed a dangerous hobby, as he recounted in his book, of challenging himself to run in front of speeding cars when he was four years old. Oh, 
in an army that had only recently been integrated. He chose with his team included a black, a Latino, and Asian American members. My mother would say, God love you, man. He's lost. I do know. <laughs> Way, that's Colonel Ralph Puckett Jr. that they honored there. God bless him. Yeah. Oh man, fantastic! And Sm- it was Medal of Honor. Smart that they kept the uh, elderly man away from the war hero. <laughs> <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't want, don't want to have him push him down a flight of stairs for Jeez. what he did. Served the country in the Korean War, and he received the Medal of Honor today. Colonel Ralph Puckett Jr. Uh, the nation's highest military honor. And President Moon from South Korea was also was I believe was also there. So that that's just fantastic that they honored this gentleman for his brave service to the country. Um, as we have kids all over this world now serving this country, of course. But um, Colonel Puckett obviously saw pretty extreme battle from the story that I read. Um. And it just kind of reminded me, G, me and G were talking about this crazy town doing it, you know, out of this event, because obviously the event is extremely special for, for him and, and God bless him. We thank every military as we do each and every night we end this show. We honor all service to the country from all military who serve this flag all over the world. Uh, but it, it, I said, he said, what do you think of doing it with the event? I said, I still think it's okay. It's, he's still Biden and. Quite frankly, I, the way he talks to the military, by the way, a bunch of dull bastards, as he called them, and everything else, I, you know, you, you can't have a, the narrative only when it fits your, whatever, you know, fits you for the day. You know, Biden has no, you think that, I mean, I don't know, I don't really want to get into it, but you, if you, you think the military um, look at this guy and think this is our commander in chief, or you think they want 45 back? Right. Ugh. I mean, come on. Let, okay. Let's be real here. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't uh, call the guy. You know, uh, say something like, "Oh, you're 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 pretty quiet over there. Yeah, you, you're kind of dull up? over you're there. Pretty dull. Why don't you clap? Come on, Ralph. Let's let's let's, let's fire it up here a little yeah. bit. Don't you like my corny jokes? <laughs> What's wrong with you? That's the way he talks to the rest of them. He's done it multiple times, by the way. So it's not like it's a one-off. He's done it twice. He just did it the other day. We showed it to you. But anyway, so but what good for him and God bless him, Ralph. That is. But he was neither smooth nor charming. So, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, gee, you lied. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> you kind of lied there because Joe Biden's neither smooth nor charming. He's um he's an angry old liar, plagiarist, uh, segregationist, and uh, possible and, racist. And, and Hard to put aloof. sarcasm in text form. Okay. Ah, okay. So. All right, let's do some more news here with uh, Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? Hey, speaking of 45, and, uh, you know, we see that uh, Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing that America First tour. Well, turns out President Trump 
He's going to start holding rallies as well. We spoke a little bit about this. Uh, He's got rallies lined up in Florida, Georgia, Ohio, and North Carolina in the next coming weeks. Yeah, four battleground states in the next coming weeks. Speculation swirls that he'll mount another bid for the White House in 2024. Uh, Relatively soon, we'll be doing one in Florida. We're going to do one in Ohio. We're going to do one in Georgia. We're going to do one in North Carolina. Trump told another news network. We'll be announcing them very soon over the next week, too. And uh, I think it'll probably start in Florida and Ohio, and we'll announce those rallies shortly. A source close to 45 told the Post, New York Post, last week that Trump would hold at least two rallies in June, with a third event likely to take place around the July 4th holiday. Trump has sat for several interviews recently and uh, has been talking about, you know, getting back into it and making a move and deciding what he's going to do, whether he's going to run in 2024. Mm-hmm. And he's also, and he also has not addressed supporters in a rally setting since the January 6th stop the steal event, which precipitated, of course, the riot at the Capitol. The former president has since cast aspirations on the conduct of Georgia election officials, including Republican secretary of state, Brad Raffensperger over his defeat and, Oh, pop-ups. Pop-ups. Ah, I hate it. Oh, whatever. We, we get the idea. Yeah. Well, Trump, again, he, he refused to confirm whether he would run in 2024, only saying that I'm going to make a decision at the right time, and I'll let you know. So, I'm still holding uh, true that he's not going to run. Um, not that I don't want him to run. I think it would be fantastic. But um, what seems like a lifetime, I know, we're still only about um, – Five months into this disaster. <laughs> so you're still talking three and a half long years. Yeah. And I think uh, given that, I, 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 I don't know that he's going to want to tackle this. Yeah, I mean, if it was in 2022, then yeah, you know, it's, it's next year. So, but, but yeah, another three, three and a half years could be a tall order for him to uh, sit back and wait that long. Now, I would say this, if, 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 the, if the Republicans were somehow able to actually fight and actually really campaign hard and win the House and the Senate back, the prospect of having, a, having in 24 possibly all three branches again may be enough motivation to think about it. Right. As it will be for any any Republican, like a DeSantis or anything like who else is going to maybe think about running? It'll be interesting to see the coordination of, um, you know, whether it's DeSantis or Pompeo or Pence. Don't forget him. I don't know what their relationship is, but I don't know that Pence is going to care what Trump's doing if he decides he's going to run, by the way. The other two might say, hey, you know, we're going to wait and see what you... I, I don't know. It's going to be... It'll be fascinating to see it play out. Yeah, I just... Uh, and who emerges here? I just don't see... If he decides to run, I just see everybody saying, okay, it's yours. Because, let's face it, he takes all the air out of the room. Every every camera and microphone will be pointed in his direction, and nobody's going to out-Trump Trump when it, comes to, when it comes to getting out there and talking to the crowd and, and you know, giving out interviews. It's not even going to be close. Yeah, so. I, would, I would tend to agree with all that. Hey, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, elections, you want to hear this? 
Well, I don't know. Okay. Let me hear it, and I'm gonna, I'll tell I'm you. I'm going to tell you. Well, it turns out a Georgia judge has ordered ballots unsealed. Parties to appear at a ballot, ballot storage location 10 a.m. May the 28th, and ballots are going to be scanned. Protocol is going to be dis- uh, determined. In an ongoing hearing, Henry County, Georgia Judge, the Honorable Brian Amaro, may give access to plaintiffs, uh, VoterGA.org, uh, Garland Ferrito and another plaintiff to the physical mail-in ballots in Fulton County, which could show massive election fraud in Georgia in the 2020 presidential election cycle and the follow-on runoff that decided the control of the U.S. Senate as well for the Democratic Party. Uh, VoterGA.org has been examining the ballot images at a low res since the hearing in April and declared they need actual physical ballots to understand the number of counterfeit ballots that have been certified. Fulton County attorneys pushed for a sampling of the ballots instead of access to all of the ballots. They particularly objected to access to physical ballots. Fulton County attorneys also objected to the expert witness testifying that the number of ballot batches certified by Raffensperger, the secretary of state in the previous risk limiting audit, were significantly different from the actual number of ballot images uh, that were provided by the state and county officials. Court ordered discovery in April. Basically, a high number of ballots appear to have been counted twice, declared the expert witness. There was an error rate in the batch data of 21%. And the risk-limiting audits conducted previously by the state, Secretary of State Raffensperger, were shown in today's hearing to be severely compromised. So, looks like more stuff is starting to happen. Not only do you have the Arizona audit, which they say should get concluded sometime near the end of June. But now you've got, uh, you've got this going on in Georgia where the result of the ba- ballot analysis in this case could show that the U.S. Senate and the presidency of the United States were fraudulently certified. I so. saw something about Arizona. One of the official in Arizona, I thought I saw this flash, that there was a death threat that was, thrown, that was sent to one of them. Uh, um, white powder, yes. About halting the election audit. And then I saw Matt Gates on with Dr. Gina talking about if this is, if we see what we see in this Arizona audit, if it produces any evidence of systemic fraud, we're going to be on our way to uh, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan and uh, ensure that what's going on there as well. So I'm sure you'll hear about that tonight in Arizona. All right, live from Studio 6B, we'll do some sports when we get back right after this. Thirteen till the hour, live from Studio Six B. I saw Charlie Kirk on Twitter had a good line. He said, "If requiring an ID to vote is the new Jim Crow, I wonder what Joe Biden would call blocking reporters from doing their job based on the color of their skin." It's a pretty good one, given what the mayor of Chicago has decided to do. The Democratic Party, boy, I don't know. They seem very racist. Well, they've got the right guy in charge then, given that he argued for segregation and hung out with them. And, and this is a party that this is a party of Jim Crow, by the way, which is the irony of it all, of course. And the um, Senate majority, Senate leader at one point was Bob Byrd, Robert Byrd, Robert C. Byrd, that is the leader of the Senate and also the Grand Kleagle of the KKK in West Virginia. So that's there you go. Pretty much all you need to know. 
Uh, all right, let's do some sports. And here with that is Rick Amirati. Did you hear about A-Rod, Rick? I did not. You guys just told me about his new makeup line. Huh? What's that all oh, about? Also, you have heard about it. Okay, very <laughs> oh, good. I heard about it from you guys. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for spoiling the uh, surprise. Okay, yeah. So what is the story, Rick? That's <laughs> well, too late now. You ruined it. No, yeah, you ruined it. So that's fine. So, all, right. all right, let's do sports with Rick Emirati. <laughs> I'll What's make going it up to help? you in this in report, Big D. Okay. Well, I know we talked about it at the top of the hour, but uh, round two, PGA Championship, Kiowa Island, Golf Resort, beautiful Kiowa, South Carolina. We got golf all weekend, PGA Championship. And today, South African Louis Oosthuizen, uh shot a 68 for a two-day score of 139. He's five under, and guess who tied him? Good old 50-year-old Phil Mickelson. He yeah, shot a 69 today. He's, so he's there. He's right in the mix there, Phil. So we're going to root for him because he's 50 years old. We want to see him win. Uh, and then Brooks uh, Kepka, uh, he shot a 71 today. He had a 69 yesterday. So he's got a two-day 140. He's one off the lead. So it's going to be a good, good, good weekend. And Rory McIlroy, he's, he's out in the weeds, Big D. He's tied <laughs> for 33rd. That's my favorite part of the report so far, yes. NHL playoff action. Uh, right now, the Bruins are up 2 nothing over the Capitals. And they're up 2-1 to one in the series lead. Uh, these are goal by uh, Boston's Pasternak and uh, Marshan. So Boston looking to take a commanding lead. Uh, it's third period with about 18 minutes to go in the game in regulation. Uh, and another good game, uh, the Predators and Hurricanes are tied at three in Nashville. Um, that's in the uh, third period now. And they, they got to come on, Predators, because Carolina leads that series 2-0. If they go up 3-0, that's going to be a commanding as well. Jets take on the Oilers tonight at 9, and the Avalanche go out to St. Louis to take on the Blues. That game is at 9.30. And we'll have plenty of recap on NHL playoff action over the weekend on Monday night. Uh, the play-in, one more play-in game, Big D. Steph Curry's Warriors take on the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. That's a 9 o'clock tip just in a few minutes out in California, so we'll see how they do. And the Warriors or the Grizzlies, whoever wins, gets to take on the number one West seed, and that'll be the Utah Jazz. So that's a tough, tough order. Not only to win a playing game, but then Sunday you got to go out to Utah and take on a Jazz team that was the number one team in the league this year. Now, what do you think about your Sixers playing the Wizards and Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook as the duo in the backcourt there? Yeah, those guys scare me. I, I think the Sixers will do it in five, maybe six, though. Philadelphia's a strong team. They won the East this year. They got Embiid playing well. I don't see that then I see I see some tight games big D maybe an OT game but um I think the Sixers will win that in five or six after the first round though then I don't know what's going to happen because the the Nets are the the favorites right now um they're uh, plus 220. They're the favorites in Vegas. Brooklyn's going to be a tough out with those three superstars. They have an all-star team. I mean, come on. Well, they have They're to get in... by the Celtics, right? Kyrie going back to Boston. That should be interesting. Yeah, that's a, they tip tomorrow. That's going to be uh, that'll be a good, that'll be interesting. And we'll see. You know, the Lakers, you can't, you know, you can't count LeBron out as much as we don't love him. Man, you know, the guy is just, you know, he's there. He's a tough force, you know, so we'll see. Well, it'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, so all, uh, all, it'll be eight games this weekend. All 16 teams will be in action. Four games on Saturday and four games on Sunday. Plenty of NBA. Shifting to the Major Leagues. Major League Baseball. Right now, Nationals over the Orioles. one nothing. That's in the fifth. Red Sox and Phillies are tied at two in the fifth. White Sox and Yankees nothing, nothing. Sixth. Texas uh, actually, sorry, Minnesota Twins ten nothing over the Indians. And that's in the fourth. Uh, Mets 3-1 to one over the Ten Marlins in the fourth. 10-0 in, <laughs> in the fourth. Who's pitching? Ray Charles? 
Dr. Stevie Fauci. wants his catching. Yeah, uh, Fauci's pitching. Fauci's pitching. Fauci. <laughs> ball four. Ball eight. Ball 12. Just a uh, bit outside. Yeah, Mets over the Marlins down in Florida, up 3-1 to one in the fourth. Reds over the Brewers, 4-1. to one. Reds have lost four in a row. They're in trouble. Braves, 5 nothing over the Pirates in the fourth. Blue Jays, 3 nothing over the Rays in the third. Astros, 1-0 over the Dodgers in the second. Tigers, 1-zip over the Royals, also second. Cubs, 1-zip. Over the Cardinals in the second. Should have had that one. And Diamondbacks, nothing, nothing in the first. Maple Leafs, John Tavares out of hospital after frightening injury. I wish I had the clip on that. Uh, Zach Brazilla of New York Post reports. I know, D, we were talking about this hit. John Tavares' stay in the hospital was short, thankfully. The Maple Leafs announced the Star Center was released this morning and is out resting after his scary injury last night. Maple Leafs said Tavares is out indefinitely with what Coach Sheldon Keefe told reporters is a concussion. Uh, In Toronto's uh, loss last night to the Canadians, 2-1 loss, Tavares took an inadvertent knee to the head from Montreal forward Corey Perry and was motionless on the ice before being tended to trainers and you know when he did sit up he actually collapsed back down again it was almost like watching a rag doll just fold it was really very scary I thought I thought there was a lot worse than it was so you know fortunately for Tavares you know he, he's out of the hospital and hopefully he'll be okay yeah it was it was scary and it wasn't the initial hit that got him that's right the initial hits what sent him towards the ice and as he was going down the guy came in, his knee hit him just perfectly as he was going down. That's what put him out. And, man, it was scary. It was. Uh, let's go to the rodeo. Friday night rodeo. Rodeo Killeen in Killeen, Texas. At the Killeen Rodeo. They're killing it tonight. Uh, bareback riding. Matt Turner on PTSD power play. That's a 78. Sounds like a hockey score there. Saddle Bronc. Toby Collins on Katniss. He had a 79. Bull riding. Bubba Grieg. Brand 4X with an 85 score. Steer wrestling, Jacob Talley in 3.6 seconds. That's a good score. Jacob Talley's good. I've seen him around. Team roping, Reno Stobna and Colton Britton, 5.8 seconds. Tie down roping, John Douch, 8 seconds. And bow racing, Jimmy Smith, 16.81 seconds. And listen to this one, Big D. Tim Tebow jerseys, the hottest seller in NFL's online shop. His number 85 jersey is ahead of Tom Brady and Trevor Lawrence. This is from News 4 in Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Florida. One day back in the NFL, and Team Tebow has the hottest-selling jersey in the NFL. The top five teams on the top five items on NFLShop.com are all Tebow's number 85 Jaguar jerseys. Uh, Tebow signed a one-year contract with the Jaguars yesterday, making his conversion from quarterback to tight end complete. Men's and women black Jaguar Tebow jerseys were listed for $119.99 and held up the top two spots in sales. Uh, Tebow, they apparently is double zero t-shirts, were $35 and listed third and fourth in sales. You Tebow jerseys were $35, uh, $35 and fifth place. Uh, according to NFL Network's Ian Rapport, Tebow put pen to paper on a one-year $920,000 deal. The contract signals that the former quarterback will have to fight for a position on the roster. So not a lot of money. I think there's only half of the money's guaranteed in case there's an injury, but uh, I really hope he makes it. It's a long shot. The tight end room is very heavy. They got, you know, six guys, uh, two starters. It's going to be very tough to make that team. But, um, hey, kudos to Urban Meyer. I tweeted it out earlier. Imagine that. Just there alone, he's put that team on the map. And Trevor Lawrence, the big shot, you know, draft number one guy. He's third place on the, on, in the NFL in Jersey. So I'm wishing Tebow well. And um, according to uh, Stephen A. Smith, who I, I mean, I don't know what's uh, – he's spending too much time with that bozo in, in studio, Max Kellerman, that he's with. Oh, yeah. According yeah. to Stephen A. Smith, um, Tebow even getting a shot is white privilege. Yeah. Oh, 
Keep saying that. privilege. It's from Stephen A. I I mean, this is a guy who used to go on Levin's radio show and and, and be able to discuss the issues. And then white privilege from Stephen A. What? What? That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. That's what he thinks. Well, well, where is he saying it on? ESPN? Yeah, it's a very Well, that's where he broadcasts. So here you go. I mean, yes. (laughs) That's the narrative. Okay, real quick, D. NASCAR, uh, this, uh, NASCAR this Sunday, Echo Park, Texas Grand Prix. We got Dakota races and uh, NHRA Saturday and Sunday. We'll have that as well. That's from Houston Raceway Park. All right, we'll do more sports coming up. Hour two. We'll do it a little earlier in the hour since we're going to be going live to Mesa, Arizona. Looks like the crowd is filing in. Raheem Kassam posted a picture saying, packed out room. There they are. Nice. Look at that. Nice. All right, hour two coming up live from Studio 6B. We'll go live to Arizona as soon as they're ready. from Studio 6B Hour 2 on a Friday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240. Glad you're in. Uh, we'll do as much as we can here in Hour 2, but we're going to go live at some point here to Mesa, Arizona. Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Green are going to be speaking down there in Arizona. The crowd has filed in. Uh, looks like a lively crowd. I saw Dr. Uh, Kelly Ward there. She's taking pictures with some of the crowd, and they're just awaiting I'm assuming Marjorie Taylor Greene's going to speak first. That's the way they did it in Florida. And then we'll speak to Drew Hernandez here and toss it over to them, to Real America's Voice, for coverage as soon as they're ready. But um, in the meantime, we've got more to do. Just before before we get to Rick Delgado and what even is that here, this is now, uh, this was out a little, about a couple hours ago. White House counteroffer to GOP negotiators on the president's infrastructure package. This is this is the Republican Party. This is you know they're really worried. You know the Republicans are really worried about spending, Damon. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah. A reduction from the initial two point two five trillion. They said, well, we're willing to maybe do one point seven, one point seven trillion dollars. What the heck can you buy with one point seven trillion? In our view, uh, Press Secretary Jen P. Saki says this is the art of seeking common ground. So the Republicans are willing. So this is. See, it doesn't matter. Majority, minority, it doesn't matter. Um, McConnell gets his ass kicked by Pelosi and Schumer no matter what. And in the House, it's no better. Pelosi rules with an iron fist, and the Republicans, okay. They never hold their ground and get anything for for, for the negotiations, ever. They just capitulate all the time. Yeah, and you can imagine what, what things are going to be hidden in that bill. Oh, yeah, it'll be great. All right, right now, though, it's time for oh, one of my new favorite oh. segments here on the show, and that is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right, Damon, well, thank you. And uh, I'm not sure if you remember, it was a few weeks ago, uh, I did a segment of What Even Is That? segment about the gimmicks. 
you know, that they're using to try to get more people vaccinated because that's the goal. At the time, people were being offered things like uh, Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah. Yummy. Nice. Uh, beer from Sam Adams. They okay. were doing a shot in a beer promo. And depending on where you live across the country, of course, you could qualify for free video games, free food, free mm. cash, free rewards, points, miles, you name it. But at the time, the topper was, for me at least, joints for jabs. Yeah, that promo, it was. It happened on 420, man. Yeah, look at this. Are you going to get a shot? Yeah. Ah, here you go, take one. There you go. Oh, yeah. you got it Heck, even the news stations were having it up, hyping it up, and, and, and throwing away drugs in an angle to lure more people <laughs> to get a shot of an experimental free drug for a virus that has a eh, 99.96% curable rate. Sure. But that's okay. Yeah, well, then Ohio's moronic Governor Mike DeWine announced yes. that Ohio is going to give five people $1 million each in a COVID-19 vaccine lottery. Oh, my God. That oh. sounds like a great use of taxpayer money, don't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, after seeing all the creative ways that state and local governments are trying to entice people to get vaccinated by either making them fat, <laughs> getting them getting them drunk, uh, getting them high, or sure. making them rich, and yeah. Until, <laughs> yeah, until, until the IRS comes knocking, yeah. um, the White House said, "Well, hold my beer," and announced <laughs> this today. Oh no. Social distancing and dating were always a bit of a challenging combination. So today, dating sites like Bumble, Tinder, Hinge, Match, OkCupid, BLK, Chispa, Plenty of Fish, and Badu are announcing a series of features to encourage vaccinations and help people with that help people meet people who have that universally attractive quality. They've been vaccinated against COVID-19. Oh, wow. That's... No, come on. <laughs> you, you, Gio, and Fran produced that in the back room before the come show. On. Yeah, you wish. Um, <laughs> t- nothing needs more to be said than what even was that? I'll tell you what that was. You, don't, you think that's not real? Damon, that is the White House COVID-19 response advisor, Andy Slavitt announcing a partnership with dating apps to promote vaccines. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did, maybe, I mean, even Fauci was up there trying to hide his stupid face. Well, we'll talk about that later, but maybe that's where, eh, maybe, Bill, that's where you went wrong, huh? Instead of focusing on you and <laughs> talking about computers and money and power, yeah. you just should have tried to have sex with women by offering them <laughs> vaccines instead, you know? Yeah. Try yeah. and get them into bed that way, you yeah. doofus. Yeah. Oh, but wait, Andy's not done. What else does Andy have to say? Oh, no. no. According to one of the sites, OkCupid, people who display their vaccination status are 14% more likely to get a match. We have <laughs> finally found the one thing that makes us all more attractive, a vaccination. Wow. wow. Did you hear that? Not only can you get the government to shoot you up with a drug where the studies about long-range side effects haven't been done yet, but... There's a 14% better chance of you hooking up with a random stranger based on your level of being easily influenced by something that has nothing to do with romantic chemistry and everything to do with real chemistry. Awesome. <laughs> but wait. No, stop. No, come there's on, no. more. No, Andy, there's tell them. These dating apps will now allow vaccinated people to display badges, which show their badges? vaccination status. I don't need no stinking badges. Filter specifically to see only people who are vaccinated. 
and offer premium content, details of which I cannot get into. <laughs> what? Did you hear that? Was now this, you're talking. This is OnlyFans. <laughs> what is see, this? See, he should have led with that. Premium content? Ooh, <laughs> pray tell. But apparently they include things like boosts and uh-huh. super swipes. Ooh. Man, I haven't boosted or super swiped since a Saturday night back in college. Yeah. <laughs> Boost as in boosters and uh, what? Super swipes? Mm, that sounds premium. I'll have that. <laughs> Come on, Rick. So, so basically now, if the pandemic has made you even lonelier than you were before, what's going to happen now is that you're going to log on to your dating app. And instead of all those walks on the beach, need a sense of humor and have a job mumbo jumbo nonsense, uh, you can jump right into a pool of vaccinated partners to pick from. Yeah. So what do you do? You swipe right. Let's take a look. Uh, uh, I'm going to say too hairy on that one. Swipe right. Yeah. Mm, A little too white for me. Oh, sorry. That's racist. Yeah. Uh, One more chance. Swipe right. Mm. (laughs) Got a butter face. Kind of looks like a farm animal, but wait. Yeah. That's vaccinated. Awesome. Let's get itched. (laughs) That's great. Now, if all this sounds a bit stupid to you, don't worry. You're not the only one. No. Look, if someone's vaccine status is what's going to, you know, base what you're going to base your relationship on. Then not only do you have more problems than we have time to get into, (laughs) uh, you're also going to be alone a lot more in the future than you realize. Mm. Dating, relationships, all of that stuff is hard enough to navigate as it is. But do you really want the government now to be your pimp? Next thing you know, you want. He'll, next thing I you know, like they'll want suit. half your money when you get done with work. Yeah, sure. Oh wait. Yeah. Anyhow, when it comes to finding that special someone, trust your instincts. Find the person who's right for you for the right reasons. Sure. And good luck out there. <laughs> oh, Back to you, oh. Dave. Oh, oh very good, Rick. So you know, the whole, whole time, you know who I'm thinking this affects the most. Of course, Tinder and. I wonder if Harry knows this. <laughs> <laughs> He's go- he's gonna be like. Uh... Come on, G. Tell me you weren't thinking of it. I mean, you're thinking of swiping left. I'm, I mean, what's Harry gonna do now? I don't know how I wasn't thinking of it. Well, yeah. What's I'm he gonna do? About. He's he's not gonna get vaccinated. I don't think Harry's gonna. That's Harry why had he has it. a freedom bus. Harry had COVID, so he's in the same boat as I am. He's not gonna get vaccinated. He's got better. Uh, Better immunity. He's got better immunity than people who are vaccinated. He's got it for longer, as I told you. Hey, you, you know what? You, you know what, Damon? And you brought something up that I was gonna—that was gonna talk about. I wasn't sure if we'd have time, but gee, if you put up the first clip of the presentation with the apps, and you don't need the audio, but watch not only Fauci but the other two bananas, the CDC director and whoever's in the middle—they're laughing. They're giggling. Like, yeah. this is a big joke to them. Yeah, it's the surgeon. Yeah, I think G said right, it's U.S. surgeon. Like, watch. General. Fauci's going to hide his face. The other lady, whatever her name is, CDC lady, she's going to, yeah, you know. Yeah, Rochelle kinda, Walensky. Right. She she's going to start laughing. Yeah, she's, she's smiling. Fauci's laughing. Yeah. And he, then Fauci will go to hide his face. And the surgeon general's like, oh, man. Yeah, just, it, it's just amazing, uh, you know, how serious this must be. You know, that they're giggling away like like little teenage idiots. Vaccination status on your dating apps. Hmm. 
Wow. Okay. Very good, Rick. Um, We'll have to check in on Harry, see um, how this is going to affect his Friday and Saturday nights now. He's going to be really lonely His status on all these places. (laughs) His love life shot. Yeah. Um, People aren't going to even log in for for Harry. Yeah. All right. Let's – well, we got three minutes. You know – there's no one, Arizona, there's no one at the podium yet. The crowd is still coming in. Well, we. how long is the um, other crazy town, G? Is that, uh, no, it's, well, it's 251. Yeah, it's 251. We'll, we'll save it. No, nah, we'll save it. So, um, do you know that, remember we spoke the other night about this gain of function research that yeah. Paul was reporting on? Mm-hmm. Well, this is, uh, there's an article in Red State. About by Scott Hounsel that says the five questions that everyone needs to be asking Dr. Fauci about just that, that we were talking about, gain of, of function. I mean, I don't have time to get into this, but uh, this is picking up some steam. People are starting to, to realize, and just I'll give you just a couple of the questions here. He, he wants, has the NIH or the NIAID ever funded gain of function research if so where now you remember the cd speaking of the cdc director there in her dating app laughing about it she was in front of um who's the rep who's the uh, representative there from louisiana kennedy yeah and he right. was asking her about this and remember yeah. she was she was dodging and sweating the questions like mike tyson at a spelling bee she wouldn't want to answer anything um what, that's that the, the first question Second question, were you aware of Dr. Uh, Barrick's gain-of-function research, and did you know they created a new strain of SARS back in 2015? That's Dr. Ralph Barrick, who Dr. Fauci insisted that he did not conduct gain-of-function research. The evidence shows, as well as do Dr. Barrick's own admissions, that he was indeed conducting it. That's question number two. Yeah, I think that was uh, Rand Paul had mentioned that, too, in his questionings last week to uh, the Fouch. Question number three, were you ever concerned that your own gain-of-function research was being shared with foreign countries? That's question number three. Question number four, why, after gain-of-function research was paused in the United States, did you authorize the continuation of the pause research without consulting with the White House? This is back in 2014. And the fifth question, if gain-of-function research was necessary to create the treatments for SARS, MERS, and influenza viruses, how much of that uh, research was helped in treating COVID-19 and protecting against SARS-CoV-2? How much of that research helped, if any? So those are the five questions that um, everyone needs to be asking Dr. Fauci, according to Scott Hounsel today in Red State. So we just talked about this the other day. All right, we'll go live to uh, Mesa, Arizona, if they're ready when we get back. If not, we've got Crazy Town, a couple of things I want to get to before we hand it off for the America First Rally. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night on Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado's doing the news. Rick Amorati will do a little more sports. We'll try to do some sports maybe right now if we can. Uh, a couple emails I want to get to. 
Brian said, hey, Damon, my thought on the dating apps, including the vaccination status, I actually think it's a great idea, but not for the reasons they're trying to use it. It's a great way to weed out all the dumbasses and to limit any long-term <laughs> dating as the vaccine will likely kill your potential partner. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. And then uh, James says, Damon, if you think you're having a bad day, just think. You could have woken up this morning as Mr. Pelosi. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Um, all right, Crazy Town here. Jen Psaki rebrands the art of the deal for um, Joe Biden. We have it, G? Roll it. We are a warm and fuzzy crew, and we like to hug around here. They feel oh the vibes are good. We have strong assurances. Assurances. Sorry, I don't know why that was a hard word. Let me try again. Uh, not call out our partners and allies, and do that. Do it. Do our engagements through uh, through one-on-one conversations. And in our view, this is the act, uh, the art, I should say, of seeking common ground. Just heard you describe the infrastructure negotiations as the art of seeking common ground. At some point, does that become the art of the deal? I don't know. I, you're the professional here, Peter. You're the TV star, you know? Um, What's the Fox Chiron going to be? Uh, art of seeking common ground does take a, a lot of characters. Uh, does does control the art of the of the deal? We'd be okay with that. Yeah. Which <laughs> art of the deal? I think that's a headline. Well, there you go. An art of the of a different kind of deal. A deal for the working people. Got it. Okay, um, go ahead. So on, glad we could work that out. Thank you very much. We'll be uh, announcing and rolling out the president's proposed budget uh, a week from today. <laughs> Buckle Great. up. I know it's a big day for Reuters those $40 days. Forty trillion dollars. Um, uh, 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 um, and obviously some of this is going to remain um, continue to be remain uh, behind the door behind the scenes through what what uh, what was quiet diplomacy and uh, it remains the president remains um, uh, steadfast but the all of the negotiators are continuing to press forward on working to find common grand ground uh, so you know we are not going to slow our slow our efforts. Well, I, I mean, the proposal of the corporate. I'm not a mathematician, otherwise I wouldn't be here. I'm hoping you can give us an update on um, international inbound travel. Wondering if the administration. I wish I could. It's a very popular question, and um, and uh, people. That's part of returning to normal. But uh, we can't respond to public pressure or even emotion. We have to rely on the health and guidance, uh, the guidance of our health and medical experts. Um, you know, uh, 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 as one of the first people, um, uh, given the service that he paid to the country, and uh, you know the fact that he is uh, still a young man, uh, but uh, he remains committed to. Uh, Continuing to make uh, uh, healthcare more affordable and more accessible. I have to wrap this up in a minute here. But, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I always I don't unintentionally forget. Um, it's my favorite part of the week. Go ahead. Hello. How are you? Uh, we hope to have more on that soon. Um, <laughs> he doesn't get an answer either. <laughs> no one gets an answer. No one gets an answer in person or not. Uh, doesn't make any difference. You get no answers. Terrible. I don't think she understood the art of the deal joke no. deal. I don't, I don't think, think she got it. I yeah, I don't think she. That's Deucey. Deucey's so good, <laughs> and she is so clueless. 
Oh, man. So, oh, All right, let's do a little more sports here. Rick, uh, anything else in sports you want to get to before we uh, hand it off to Arizona? Yeah, just real quick, Big D. We got the Warriors and Grizzlies. That just tipped. Grizzlies are up 6-5, to five, and uh, it's going to be a good game. I'm going to keep an eye on that tonight. Uh, NHL action. Looks like the Bruins are going to go up 3-1 to one in their series. They're leading the Capitals 4-1 to one mid-third, and the Hurricanes and Predators are still locked in a 3-3 tie as they head to the third. Carolina leads that series 2-0, and the Jets and Oilers puck just dropped. Uh, they're only about 2 minutes into the game, and Winnipeg leads that series 1-0, and we have Colorado uh, playing the Blues. Colorado's up 2-0 looking for a commanding 3-0 lead. Uh, real quick, Major League Baseball, just a couple of scores. Yankees up 1-0 over the White Sox in the 6th. The Reds 6-1 over the Brewers, also in the 6th. Braves 9-0 over the Pirates. That's in the 6th. Blue Jays right now leading the Rays 4-2. And a Florida man who died from COVID-19 left his family baseball cards worth over $20 million. Wow. Cards of Honus Wagner, Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig are a part of his collection. This is from Jesse O'Neill of the New York Post. A Florida doctor who died from COVID-19 complications in January left his family a lot of baseball cards worth $20 million. Dr. Thomas Newman, Newman's Treasure Love, featuring cards from Wagner and Ruth, uh, is uh, going to be auctioned off this weekend. More than 1,000 baseball, football, and hockey cards dating back to 1880 will be for sale. The Ruth card is a 1933 Babe Ruth card. Uh, the Gowdy uh, number 53 PSA 9 is going to be going for 5.2 million dollars unbelievable so uh, <laughs> we'll have a report on that uh, as well as a Mickey Mantle card that's going to fetch a million dollars and uh, can you imagine 20 million dollars yeah, so uh, I um, could I could imagine spending it so <laughs> all right thanks Rick um, but not on baseball cards. yeah no exactly um, all right let's go out to um, Arizona I believe we have Drew Hernandez from Real America's Voice he's out at the America First Rally Drew how are you I'm doing good. We are live here in Mesa, Arizona, and we have the America First Rally. Uh, the vibes are great. There's hundreds of patriots filling the building. Uh, there's a lot of issues here in Arizona with the southern border, obviously the audit that the MSM doesn't want to bring up in the mainstream me uh, media. Um, but there's a lot of things here. We have uh, Congressman Gates slated to speak and Congresswoman Green slated to speak as well. Uh, the vibes here are great, and many people are ready for what is about to unfold tonight. Yeah, it seems like a lively crowd out there. Obviously, like you referenced, there's lots going on in this Arizona audit. I saw today, we were just talking about in the last segment, that there was actually a death threat said, sent to someone out there as far as uh, trying to halt the audit. There's a lot going on. I saw Congressman Gates on with Dr. Gina in the hour before us saying, hey, if this thing turns out to be uh, show any systemic problems, well, then you can imagine if it happened here, it happened in all these other places. Obviously, uh, Gates, and uh, this is the second one of these rallies they've done. What do you expect to hear tonight? Is it going to be mostly about uh, the election and the audit, or is it going to be about Joe Biden and kind of what do we do here to get through the next three and a half years? What are you expecting to hear from both uh, Representative Gates and Green? I think a little bit of both. I think those are the uh, issues that are on Americans' minds right now, uh, especially with the audit here in Arizona. It was a definitely controversial swing state in the 2020 presidential election. But I think right now a lot of Arizonans just want some closure. 
And I think it's interesting when you look at the response from Democrats uh, and establishment political figures, especially the mainstream media, if there's nothing to hide, why can't we have an audit? If there's nothing to hide, then why are they trying to suppress it? If there's nothing to hide, then let us see the books. Because if there's nothing to hide, then you have should absolutely no problem uh, for some an audit to take place where we could see just exactly what unfolded in the 2020 presidential election. But I think their behavior and their response and their aggressive response to suppress it kind of tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, and unfortunately, it tells us a lot also about some of the Republican Party because you've got 35 or so Republicans who voted to have this commission now formed about January 6th. You have people like Liz Cheney uh, still running around talking about anybody who's still questioning this election is pushing the big lie. So the Republican Party itself is not exactly squared up on this issue. Obviously, you have people like Gates and Green who are obviously fighters for this thing and go out there and speak about it. And shows like this and other shows on Real America's Voice have talked about it. Um, but the Republican Party itself still has some issues within the party of people who, you know, are just fine with the way the election went down. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Nancy Selman. All right, well, it sounds like your event Alrighty, is starting gonna, there. Um, to the rally, guys. Yeah, it sounds like the rally's like about to start. We're just going to cut to this real quick, so enjoy the show, Real America's Voice. Thank you, guys. All right, G, so here we go. I guess Good we'll afternoon. take it. Uh, Good do we take it to commercial, G, or do we just take this now? All right, we'll take it to break. We'll go right back to Arizona when we get back right after this.